Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Hey, today I'm reading from Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. And it says, And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. Hey, over the next few minutes, I want to speak to you. I want to preach to you from this idea or this subject. Three steps to do what God told you to do. Three steps to do what God told you to do. I don't know if you're in the building and if you feel like there's something that God has already told you to do and you're like, I don't know how. There's another section of the room that doesn't know what God's will is for their life. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. Well, hopefully today I want to give you some practical tools. It's a practical message to be able to help you to understand and to know what to do with what God has told you to do. Let's pray. Um, Father, we love you. We thank you today, Lord Jesus, that we can spend some time with you. And there are times, Lord God, where life goes at such a pace, Lord, and before we know it, Lord Jesus, we're, we're eight months into a year that just started a couple of days ago, Lord. And so, Father, we pray, Lord, as we slow down and listen, let us be able to take these tools, Lord, not just for a Sunday service, but let us walk out of here, Lord God, and be able to implement these tools, Lord God, these steps, so that we can do everything that you've asked us to do, Lord. Speak to our hearts, Lord God. Bind the enemy, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would send in, Lord God, forces, Lord God, to be able to bring peace, clarity into this room, Lord. Father, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Amen and amen. Come on, if you want to hear a word from the Lord, would you put your hands together? Come on, if you're expecting in this place, would you put your hands together for Jesus? Amen. Hey, I noticed the other day, uh, me and my wife, we started going back to the gym. And I noticed uh, something about me. I used to be able, it, it didn't matter. I can take off from the gym, you know, for months at a time. And I could go right back to the gym and act like I've been there forever. Well, I decided to try that. Man, I got to stretch, y'all. You know you're getting old when you got to stretch. You can't just do it. You got to, if my son wants to race, I'm like, give me a second. Hold on, what? You playing with me? I got you, though. Watch this. I got to stretch. I got to do everything, take my shoes off. And I, I noticed that. And this happens to everybody, so don't look at me up here with this judgmental face because you do the same thing. There are times that I'll be sitting in the room and I'll be like, oh man, I got to go to the kitchen. I got to go do something. And I'll walk into the kitchen. And then I, I've, I got a trick now. What I do is that I try to retrace my steps. Nothing, y'all. Nothing. 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 I, I'll do the same thing. I, I work um, in the church, and the church offices are right here behind the church. And <laughs> there are times that I would leave because I was supposed to go grab something here. And I'll walk this entire building just out randomly. And then my ADAD, my ADAD, ADHD. I'm, here's the thing. I'm old school ADHD. I was just H, hyperactive. You know what I'm saying? Any old school, you know what I'm talking about? Riddling babies. Y'all, yeah, you know what I mean? We didn't, we didn't have all these weird letters. We just was hyperactive or crazy. And I um, <laughs> And I'll start cleaning stuff and picking stuff up. And then I'm just sitting there and I'm like, 30 minutes later, I'm like, yo, what was I supposed to do, bro? And it was like a project or something. My, my most notorious one is, that, and, and husbands, I'm going to bail you out because you can tell your wife, you see, it's not just me. 
I will call my wife. And I'll hit the phone, bam, calling my wife. I'm on the phone. She'll pick up the phone. Hey, babe, what's up? Dang. How you doing? <laughs> Some of y'all done this. You know you've done this. Wives, you've done the same thing. And what does my wife say? My wife says, write it down, Chino. Just text me. Just text me so you won't forget. So now what I do is before I call her or whatever I need to talk to her, I'll put a text message. I won't hit send on it because some stuff you just can't ask your wife. You got to slowly, you know what I mean? Like you got to build into it. You can't just be like, hey, babe, can I buy this? No, no. Hey, babe, did I tell you how beautiful your haircut looks? I mean, girl, look here. I know shop clothes, but we could practice. Hey, I was, I was thinking, I was thinking about this because um, there was a guy, his name was Reginald, um, and he was an older gentleman, and he told me something that stuck with me, and so many people have heard me say this over the years, but he said something to me, he said, the shortest pencil is always longer than the longest memory. The shortest pencil is always longer than the longest memory. What, what I've come to find out in my life, and if you look at my phone, you will see um, how much has impacted me, that if you don't write it down, you're going to forget it. Here's what happens. I think that God was strategic in the way that he did this, even in the book of Habakkuk, on how he proposed this to him, where he explained to him, hey, I want you to write the vision down. It was the Ten Commandments. It was, I need you to write this stuff down because when you write this whole scripture, this entire Bible was all about God writing it down so that you can remember, so that you won't forget. The reason why some of us journal is to be able to look back at those moments where, man, it looked like all hell broke loose in our life. The money was funny. We didn't know if we were going to make it. But when you take some time to actually journal, you begin to see God's fingerprints over your life. And it begins to build strength and courage inside of you because you're like, yo, if I made it through this one, man, I know I can make it through this one. And that's the reason why we journal. And hopefully you have some sort of journaling um, exercise in your own personal life. But I think it's important for us to write stuff down. Hey, today I want to give you three steps on how to be able to do what God told you to do. And it includes what Habakkuk said. And the Lord answered, write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so that he may run who hears it. If you're taking notes today, in that index card, I'm going to give you three things that I want you to do on one side. And I know some of y'all already, Christy has her own, I got my own journal, Chino. I get it. But for this is what I want you to do on this card. I just want you to write three things because I want you to keep this card with you because this card is going to be important. But on one side of the card, I want you to write, I want you to, I'm going to tell you what to write in just a second. But number one, the first step is you need to plan. You need to have a plan. You need to have a plan. And I know it seems simple, but watch this. And the Lord answered me, write the vision. Write it down. There's, there's a plan. Do you know that God had a plan? We, we screwed up humanity. Adam broke the entire world. You think you had a bad day. Adam broke humanity. He broke everything that is to be broken. And yet God, in his sovereignty, Genesis chapter 3, he creates a, a plan. He says, yo, I'm going I'm to send a seed. And the seed is going is to step on the enemy's head. And he, he begins to create a plan with the children of Israel. Not a plan for them to be blessed and for them to have prosperity, but a plan so that they can make it back to the Father. Because it's not about the resources, it's about being able to connect back to the source. 
And so what he did was that he created a plan. This plan was obviously seen in Genesis chapter 3. And I think it's important because if God can create a plan, then me and you need to create a plan. There's some things that God has told you to do. There are some dreams in your heart that God has given you that you got to start writing some of this stuff down. Two words that will help you. You're going to write this down because this is going to be the price of admission. I can say amen and close the service house after these two words. And listen to me. They're very strong. And I don't want to insult you in the way that I say this. And please give me the benefit of the doubt. But I want to tell you the way that God told me. For you to be able to plan, you need these two words. You ready? Two, Ricky, you ready? Two words. You ready? Some of y'all know what these two words are because I told you these. Here we go. Ready? Two words. Ready? Shut up. Don't be mad at me. Ryan, don't get mad at me, Ryan. Don't get mad at me. Man, sometimes, man, we move at such a pace that it's months, sometimes it's years before we ever sit down. When was the last time that you ever just, just took some time? And some of y'all probably do this, God bless y'all. But when was the last time that you just, I don't know, maybe just sat in the backyard or, or went to a park or instead of jumping on Netflix and watching the next episode of XYZ, did you just sit down and just think like, man, God, what's next? What does my marriage look like? Where do I want it to go? Man, I remember I wanted to start this, this, this daycare. And man, God, I, I remember I wanted to do, when's the last time you just, just sat down? And I felt like the Lord had to tell me that because with me, I'm always going. And I'm like sitting down trying to, oh, I got to write this and I got to do all of this stuff. And God was just like, man, shut up. Stop. Watch. I, I know it's funny, but watch this. We're going to do this exercise. Put your, put your notes on your lap. Relax for a second. Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to just take, I'm going to count 10 seconds in my own brain. I just want you to just shut your mind off for 10 seconds. We're just going to, no blank, I mean, no thoughts. Super weird, you know, we're going to church and we're doing, listen, let me explain something to you, by the way, these are not religious acts that are done by Hindus or by people who have all of these postmodern and scientific, these are things that God asked us to do. He said, I want you to meditate on my word. There are moments that we can just quiet our soul and it has nothing to do with you doing a practice of some other religion that we got to do this as Christians because God actually wants to speak to you. But sometimes we're running so fast in our mind that we're just not following the practice of Jesus, whose scripture said that he pulled himself away from everybody, went to the side of a mountain and just sat with God. So here we go. Just, just quiet your mind. Try not to think of anything. Ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Be honest. How difficult was that? Like, how many of y'all really just your mind went blank for that, that whole time? Y'all, good. It was like six of y'all. <laughs> how many of y'all, your mind did not go blank? You were like counting. You started counting. You're like 10, 9. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're like listening. Oh, I hear the AC. I hear the AC. Yes. Sometimes it's hard. But can I tell you something? That in that space, if you, if you start a regular rhythm of that, if you can find it out, where you can be able to take some time to just silence the noise and just be able to just think, just think on a daily, 
You should be able to take a walk. It's practical. Write this on your note. Once a day, at the end of the evening, maybe after you eat dinner, just walk around the block. Just take a walk and watch how your mind starts to understand. You start to hear things better. Your stress level begins to go down because you start to think. And that's hopefully what I can get you. I want you to write this on your index card. You ready? Choose a day. Choose a day to take four hours and dream. Choose a day and take four hours and dream. So choose a day. It could be Saturday 8 to 12. As some of y'all got kids. You're like, Chino, that ain't easy. You can make it happen. You can make it happen. Even if they go to sleep. And that means 8 p.m. to 12 a.m. Take four hours. Get away from everybody. Technology. Get away from everything. And just take four hours and just think. Just dream. Like, what could I do if I had all the money in the world? What do I want to be when I grow up? Just dream. Just dream a little bit. Number two, I want you to write this down. So number one is plan. Number two is that you need to connect. Scripture says, make it plain on tablets. That word, make it plain, it actually means um, to explain or, or to be able to proclaim. The word make it plain, if you look at it in the blue letter Bible, in the actual Hebrew, it means to proclaim. So it's not just saying make it, write it on a piece of paper. You don't just write it on a piece of paper so that you can read it. You write it on a piece of paper so that you can be able to explain it. So you plan something. You begin to think to yourself, here's what I want to do. I want to start a, I want to start a, a clothing line, a Christian clothing line. Well, what I need to do is that I'm going to sit down and I'm going to plan. I want to dream about it because I got a, I got a thought that I want to be able to put on there. But I'm going to look at different fabric companies and I want to start looking at different fabric companies that are making it. But then I want to look at who are the people that are actually doing this really, really well. And what are some of the things that they're doing? What kind of presses do I need? Do I want to start really small and just print like 50 shirts on my own and get a cricket and get one of those hot presses and just print the shirts out and sell them out the trunk of my car? Do I want to actually go and start an Etsy and be able to start doing it like Savannah and start selling different things? Like begin to create a plan. But when you create a plan, put it somewhere down. The reason why you put it somewhere down is because you want to be able to share this with somebody. Now, here's where it gets tricky because for some of us, we like the idea of like, get away from me. Let me just sit on my chair. The pastor said I got to do it for four hours. Leave me alone. <laughs> the hard part is to be able to say, hey, hey, here's this thought that I have. What do you think about this? And here's what happens. Yes. And there's preachers that have preached this up and down. Joseph, he had a dream. And he shared that dream way too prematurely with the wrong people. And he paid the consequences for sharing that dream. Everybody ain't the wrong people, though. God has strategically placed some people in your life to be able to speak to that are actually going to help you to take the next steps in what God has already had for you. But what happens is that we begin to, nah, I don't want to share nobody. It's in my mind. Originally, what happens is that it's in your mind. You never even transferred it to a paper, created a plan around it to be able to show it to anybody. So, of course, you're not going to share it with nobody. But something happens when you begin to plan and actually think to yourself, you know what? Here's what I want to do. How I'm going to do it. These are just some. And then you start to look for some people and God will start bringing them to you. You'll start noticing some people that want to do exactly what you want to do and have a conversation. Hey, what? How did you do that? And start sharing your dream with people. This is the reason why I think it's so important why we have G groups. G groups here in just a few weeks. We're starting G groups up at the beginning of September. 
G groups are our small groups. They're where we take the big church and we make it a smaller church and where we have real intimate connections with people, where we have real conversations. We get to take off our mask. We don't have to be the, hey, good morning, how you doing? Blessed and highly favored. You ain't got to do all that crap. You could just be yourself. Man, I'm tired, bro. I'm mad. I almost stabbed my husband in the face last night. <laughs> There's some real people around your life that you need to be able to have real conversations with. And some of us, that's hard because we feel like we can't trust people. We've been hurt. People have stabbed us in the back. Do you know I did that? I shared my dream. And they, they took a lot of money from me. Yo, that, that doesn't mean that that was what's going to happen in the next shot. How many of y'all, I don't want to ask this because then you get weird. You know what? I can ask this. How many of y'all, don't raise your hand if you don't feel comfortable. How many of y'all remember when you were young, um, you had puppy love? How many of y'all remember you had puppy love? You had a girlfriend. You ain't got to raise your hand because you were like, no, my, she's next to me. <laughs> puppy love. You had, a, you know, when you were in your teenage years, you thought the person that you started dating with This is my wife. We got three kids in the spirit. Jimmy, Susie, and Mark. We got three kids. We already, we, we are married. I mean, you thought it was everything. And then y'all broke up. <laughs> or she moved. <laughs> or, or she liked your friend. <laughs> hey, did, did you... Did you start again? Of course you did. Some of y'all are married and you're like, man, thank, I went on Facebook the other day. Thank you, chick. I said, oh my gosh, she crazy. Golly, thank you, Lord. You spared me. So there are people that have hurt you, but the next relationship might be the one that blesses you. The next relationship might be the one that actually thrusts you forward because you feel like you've been stuck. You've been working. You've been saving your money, but it feels like you're taking two steps forward and ten steps back. Can I explain to you that the reason why you need to move forward or what you need to move forward might just be in the connection that you have because I can go fast by myself, but I can go further faster together. And so you want people in your life that are going to be able to push you. And though other people have hurt you, though they have stepped on you and took from you, and listen, I'm not minimizing what they did. It's true. But can I tell you that there's another side to it. There's other people that you can meet that are not going to be in the same sphere that they were or want evil intent on you. And God will direct you and show you, you just got to trust him. Jesus could have saved the world by himself, y'all. He was God all by himself. He didn't need anybody. But the first thing that he did, yo, cuckoo. Hey, y'all boys, come, come here, come here. Could you imagine, like, Jesus just, imagine you're working, right? You're just at your job, and Jesus just walks by, and he's like, hey, come on, follow me. Follow who? <laughs> Where are we going at? No, I want you to leave your business. Bro, you tripping. <laughs> Twelve individuals left everything that they had, and Jesus recruited a team. And in that team, though, he separated it. Three places that you need to connect. Number one, you need to connect to God, Right? Make sure that you're connecting with God and that every dream that you have, you bring it for him. Don't talk to a human before you haven't talked to God. If you haven't bathed that thing in prayer, don't bathe it in somebody else. Because what it'll do is that people will talk you down from your dream. And people will give you their experiences and it will shut you down. But when you hear a word from God, when me and my wife heard, hey, here's what's going to happen. You're going to plan a church. You're going to go here and you're going to do this. We didn't know what it was going to look like, but we knew that we had a word from God. 
People were like, Chino, you can't do that. In that city, they're not going to come. In this place, you're not going to be able to do it. You know how many people fail? You know how much money you got to raise? Man, I got a word from God. We'll figure it out. We'll get there. And to the point now that next Sunday will be six years to the actual date. And God has done some pretty amazing things through our yes. Man, I got a, we got a word from God. And so you need to make sure that you're getting a word from God and you got that from God. And then when you connect, make sure that you connect. There's a smaller group of people. Jesus had James, Peter, and John. And these were the individuals. Not only did he bring into Jerry's house. Yeah, I remember a few weeks ago. But he also had these three were the ones that he went to the Mount of Transfiguration. When he met Moses and Elijah, he brought, that was his inner circle. You need to have some people that are your inner circle, your G group. Your G group, some individuals that you're actually doing life with. And then you got to have your 12. Your 12 are the people that are going to help you. I have my 12. You know what my 12 looks like? I have people that they're pastors in my life. That their church probably got six members. You know what I'm talking about, Jason? You know those pastors? They got six members in their church. They're making, you know, $1,500 a month. They're sitting on 17 acres of land and a 500-seat auditorium. Um, but all three of their kids love Jesus are in ministry, are serving God. I'm not going to learn much about the church planning thing about them, but what did you do to get your kids to love Jesus so much? Because when I look at pastors, I see the man that their, their kids are like, some of y'all were those kids. <laughs> some of y'all were those kids. And so I want to learn from them. But then there's some other people that I'm like, yo, from a financial standpoint, like I want to learn from you because not only are you generous, but dude, you're, you're a steward of what you have. You ain't reckless, you're generous. And so I want to learn these things. I'm trying to learn because I want to be a better person and I want to be a better steward toward what God has given me. And there's people that in different places, I got my 12, there's people that in different places, I ask different questions and I have those people around me. You got to have those type of people around you. You got to be connected to some people. We're giving you a really, I mean, we're tossing up a softball for you with G groups where you can get into a group with somebody and your life can actually be changed because of two people that you actually actually meant that they're taking you a year from now you look back and you're like and we're gonna share some stories because I want to show you what G groups has done in the life of individuals who are in this room right now because they've actually said yes how God is using them but how God has blessed them in this final in this last season so number one you got a plan number two you got to connect I want to show you something Matthew chapter 7 verse 6 don't give what is holy to dogs nor cast your pearl before swine Least they trample you under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. So I also want you to be careful with who you're allowing into that space. So I'm not, I'm not being reckless and just anybody. Oh my God, you sell hot dogs. I want to sell hot dogs too. No, bro. He's been selling hot dogs for 48 years and he got 10 hot dogs that he sells a day. You don't need to talk to buddy about hot dogs. Sorry, it's too much. Write this down. Who is one person that I can connect with this month? Write this on your index card. Who is one person that I can connect with this month? And lastly, number three, you planned, you connect, and then you got a, two words, ready? Two letters, go. So he said, and the Lord said to me, write the vision, plan it, make it plain on the tablets, connect, so he may read so he may run who reads it. Go. But, but you see the, the correlation there, right? You write it down so that when somebody reads it, they may run with it. 
You're going to be the person that runs with it, but God is going to put some people alongside of you. This church will never happen if it wasn't for Jason and Allison, if it wasn't for some individuals in this church. And I could go down the list. I don't want to sit there and take 30 minutes, but last, what was it? We had the prayer night Friday. Last Friday, this room was half filled. It was about half of you that were in this room. And as a team, we prayed. And man, this church would not happen if it wasn't for you. And I could go down the list, but I'm trying to end this service on time. I'm, I'm, and I'm trying to get, we've got to go into these two services and I need to be tight. So I'm, I'm trying, y'all. I'm trying. I go on rabbit trails real quick. Squirrel. And so, so I think it's a game. It's a problem. Y'all pray for your pastor. But y'all. But listen, this church has happened not because of the talents of a pastor. Oh, I get on the mic and I run my mom, I'll make you laugh, I make you cry, and then I make you do something. Yo, this doesn't happen because of me. This happened because of so many people that get up in the morning that have done this year after year. And so this thing has happened because of real faithful individuals, right? So you need to have those real faithful individuals in your life. But I want you to see this. Go. Somebody say go. go. Somebody say go. go. This is where we get stuck. As a matter of fact, in the coming weeks after uh, Pastor uh, Robert comes and preaches, after that, I'm going to start this, this four-part series where I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the stuff. And we do this once a year, and we talk about the promises that God has given us and how he helps us to be able to know him better and to be able to find freedom. Like, yo, we don't have to keep living with the pain, the shame, the guilt from yesterday. We don't got to keep carrying what the world calls baggage. We can actually find freedom from it. And then we can discover, yo, what's God's will for my life? I want to discover what's my purpose in life. And once you discover it, you're going to do this part. You're going to go. You're going to make a difference, right? And so here's the deal. For you to understand these things, obviously, you want to sit down and you want to plan something out. You want to write it down. You want to connect to the right people. But can I tell you that for you to actually take that step and go, 82%, especially Christians, have an idea, have a dream. They have some type of, of, of a vision to go somewhere, and they will never take that step. They will never take that step to actually do it. They won't drive by a storefront and ask the storefront, hey, how much does it cost to rent this storefront? It's 2,000 square feet. I, man, I just, I want to, I got like, I know five people that I can take care of their kids right now. And how much is it? That step right there, that is called go. Success is a product of work. You want to be successful in things? You got to work at things. You got to actually begin and take a step. Go is huge for Jesus. Huge for Jesus. Do you know that, and I, and I started to, I went on a rabbit trail while I was preparing this message. Um, have you ever looked, ever interest you, uh, famous last words? I'll ever look famous, nobody? Okay, by myself. Brandon, me and you, the only ones. Oh my God, bro. Let's be weird together. I want to show you something because there were, there were some, some famous last words. Um, Franklin Roosevelt, he's about to die. And his famous last words, I have a terrific headache. Jesse James, it's awfully hot today. <laughs> you got no clue. <laughs> Amy Winehouse, I don't want to die. Famous last words. James Brown, I'm going away tonight. I feel like he sung that, like it was like a bar, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going away tonight. <laughs> Sorry, Tino, so morbid, man. So morbid, horrible. I'm going away tonight. Harriet Tubman, Harriet Tubman, she says, swing low, sweet chariot. Boop. Steve Jobs, you know what Steve Jobs' last words were? This stuff made my hair stand up. He said, 
oh wow, oh wow, oh wow, and then he died. Billy Graham, on his deathbed, about to pass away, Billy Graham, for 25 minutes, they said, 25 minutes, he just kept saying, glory, 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 glory. The story is said of individuals who... (laughs) who did some really heinous things. And at the end of their life, they're like, I really made a really big mistake. And people in their deathbeds have repented and and turned. Famous last words, they carry some weight. Jesus, when he was on the cross, he had some last words. But I don't necessarily want to look at those last words. I actually want to look at the last words that he said to us as he was leaving from this side of eternity to go up to heaven. And it was Matthew 28, 19. He's talking to the disciples and he tells them, go, (laughs) go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go. I was researching that word in the Greek and I was looking at it in the Septuagint um, this, this particular New Testament passage um, and the New Testament is written in Greek. And that word go, as you break it down to its lowest common denominator, it means go. He, he didn't say, I want you to think about. He didn't say, I want you to plan. He didn't say, I want you to connect. He said, go. Now, here's what I want you to understand. For you to, for you to go, when we think about go, we think about it has to be this mega church, all right? Or, or we have this mega ministry or this, this Fortune 500 company. What we tend to do is we tend to look at that end result and we think, I'm not there yet. So your goal gets undervalued because you don't know what that goal. Listen, there is a term. I want you to write this down. Aggre- the aggregation of marginal gains. The aggregation of marginal gains. James Clear, he wrote this book. And I... I think it's probably one of the best books when it comes to like your habits as a life. It's called Atomic Habits that just helps you to create real good habits in your life. But he talks about this idea that if you start to do 1%, listen to me, if you start to do 1% of whatever that go is, the moment that you take 1% every day, you're doing more than 90% of humanity. 90% of humanity just because every day you're just taking one step forward. Every day I'm just going to do one thing. Every day I'm just going to do one thing. I want to do three, four things. Cool. That's three or four days. You got content, baby. Just every day just do one thing and get 1% better at every, whatever that thing is. The aggregation of marginal gains. When I look at the idea that that if you take one step you have no idea where that step is going to take you i mentioned a few weeks ago that i was in um in uh in texas palestine texas anybody from palestine texas anybody know where palestine texas is google it yeah great you know <laughs> 
You also. Yeah. So Palestine, Texas is just nowhere on the map. <laughs> Small little town. But it has, there's several prisons that are kind of located there. And I mentioned a few weeks ago that I was able to go to one of those prisons and I was able to minister. Two things happened to me that I thought were, they blew me away. The first thing that happened to me, I was walking out of a service. And as I'm walking out of the service, I'm, I'm, I'm shaking everybody's hand as they go to the dorms. Now, mind you, there's about 1,100 inmates. And so uh, there's about 700, I'm sorry, there's about 700 inmates there. And we're just, amen, God bless you, let's go. And whatever the title was, I kept telling them that so that they can remember it and shaking everybody's hand. And then that same hand, well, I went straight to the, I washed that mug so fast. That's a lot of hands. Shook, and God bless you. One guy grabbed my hand and he said, Chino, I accepted Jesus in my heart. I don't even know, I don't even know how this happened, man, but I'm Muslim. And I don't know how I did this, man, but I need Jesus and I want Jesus. I was like, Wow. Talked a little bit, gave him some practical next steps. The day that I walked into the prison, I was tripping because as I was walking into the prison, there's guys that they're like, yo, Chino, Chino, Chino. And I'm like, what's up? You start to walk different. You're like, hey, what's up, boy? <laughs> I started feeling, I'm like, okay, y'all remember me. I ain't never been to this prison. I don't know none of y'all. I don't know any of them, but I just, I was like, yo, where are these? And then I sat there and I was like, yo, how are these guys calling my name? And there was one guy, he was an inmate. This inmate has three life sentences. He has one life sentence and then he has two federal life sentences because he was in the Mexican mafia. And I ain't got to tell you what he did, but it was heinous and it was bad. I ain't met too many people that love Jesus like he does. This dude is about 6'4 and he probably weighs about 300 pounds. And he's still hood as heck, but he's, he loves Jesus. And he turns to me, he says, hey, Chino, we got this app. We, everybody in the prisons now, over, over, I think he said it was about 400,000 people all over the state. But in this prison system, there's about 68, 60 to 80,000 people now that have tablets. And on these tablets, there's an app called Pando, like a panda, but with an O at the end, Pando. And on there, there are certain messages. Now, churches can put their messages on this app and a prisoner who is in jail can sit there and look at church services and different, uh, the chosen, like different movies and stuff, but they can be able to watch these. One of the major networks or the major channels that all of the inmates look at, why? Because they see themselves in it, is the Mike Barber Ministries channel. Because they see themselves dressed in all white and they actually see themselves and there's messages that are tailored for them. So it's not like, hey, you got to put gas. Gas prices have gone up. Bro, nobody in prison care about no gas prices. Not that much gas prices. Bro, when I went to jail, gas was at 95 cents. Damn, that was a long time ago, bro. You don't know about that. You weren't born yet. Those were good days. When $5 actually meant something. Y'all remember that? Yo, let me get $5. I can't take you to... Give me $5. And I'm sitting there and he's explaining to me. He's like, Gino, what's happening is that I've watched your message five times. I've memorized it where I'm starting to preach it. He says, inmates are starting to watch these things. There was, on one message, there was over 800,000 views. 800,000 views. I had no clue. I just did my job and I just preached. But the, the go, you see how the one step, just, just one step, and now individuals' lives are being touched. One dude came up to me, said, I got to talk to you. 
he said, man, not only did I listen to the message, but I started applying what you told me. He says, Chino, my life, you don't understand. I've been in prison for seven years now, and my life was a mess. And I'm about to get out in a couple of months. I ain't got no reason to change. But there was something about what you were talking about that just started to do something inside of me. And I started to research some of the stuff that you were saying. And now I'm finding myself in the Bible. He's like, Chino, not only do I want to change my life when I get out, but Chino, I want to come back in and I want to do the same thing you're doing. I want to be able to preach to other people and bring them to Jesus. Because something happens when you allow for your go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit something happens when you understand that your goal can actually begin to do something in somebody's life there are individuals who are hell is a real thing and heaven is a real thing and as long as those two realities are true then we're going to be about winning souls this church is always going to be about that because it was jesus who went first Jesus was the first one that ever had a plan. Genesis chapter 3. I want to show you something. Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. I will put enmity or beef between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And he will bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. It's talking about Jesus. Jesus, he wrote down the plan. This is how he's going to send humanity. I'm going to bring my son Jesus Christ into the world. He's going to live a sinless life. He's going to defeat power of hell, death, hell, and the grave. I, I believe that David Higgins does just a beautiful job of explaining the believer's authority and how we have taken back the keys of the enemy and we have that authority now and it was because of the plan that got instituted at our worst place. When we were at our worst, God already had a plan to be able to redeem you. Genesis chapter 3, Adam broke the world and Jesus said, nah, God said, no, nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it back together. Jesus wrote it down. Number two, Jesus connected. Philippians chapter 2 verse 7. But he made himself no reputation taking the form of a bond serving and coming in the likeliness of men. Jesus didn't come to didn't come from heaven riding on a white horse. He came down as a baby. He lived a regular life like every one of us lived for 30 years. And at the point of 30 years, he began his ministry. And it wasn't until the Holy Spirit descended on him and never ascended. It descended on him and stayed that that's when he began to do miracles. And that's when he started to do what he was originally created to do. He stripped himself of identity to connect with you because he was the same as you yet without sin. He understands every one of your temptations. He understands every one of your pains. He understands you because he was just like you. But not only did he create a plan, Genesis chapter 3, not only did he connect with you, but he actually went. One of my favorite verses, and this was probably the second verse that I have ever memorized. It was Romans chapter 6. It says, for when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love toward us in that we while, yet, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were in our worst mess, God was at his best. He wasn't waiting for you to get better. He was better. While we were still sinners, Christ died for you. His goal meant a lot more. 2,023 years later, we're still watching that goal have reverberating effects. People's lives today, you walked into this place and you're far from God. You're broken. 
And as we talk about all of these things, inside of you, there's such a void. And that void is, there's a God-shaped hole inside of you that you're trying to fill with alcohol, with sex, with addiction. You're, you're trying to do it on your own way. But time after time, you just feel like it's just a cycle. So, you know, I can't, every time I try it, it feels like I'm drinking soda. How many of y'all remember when we were little kids and we used to go outside, we actually played outside, and we used to go outside and get really, really tired? You ever drank a soda when you were really, really tired? It just made you more thirsty. What we used to do, we used to turn on the spigot at the hose, remember? And you, you drank water. And the, that's, what, that's what would quench you. Today, the only thing that's going to be able to quench you is Jesus. The, the more money you seek after, it's not going to quench you. The more body counts you have, it's not going to quench you. The more you try to do things, it's not going to quench you. There's a hole inside of you. And that hole can only be filled by Jesus. And today, if that's you in this place, then, Man, you've been running for a while. You've been trying to do this thing on your own for a long time. I can't fill that hole for you. This church, greater church, we can't fill that hole. There's only one person who can fill that God-sized hole, and that's God. And today, Chino, if I have this and, and I feel it, because man, I take two steps forward and then I'm so filled with shame and guilt and I'm always like back and forth and I'm like, I don't want to go to God because I don't want to be a hypocrite. I got so many things that I do and I, I want to change first and then I, listen, you're never going to change. On your own power, it's a cycle, bro. You're just not going to change. You need the power of God to be able to change. You can try it. It'll be about a month and then you'll go right back to it. It'll be about a year and you'll go right back to it. The pandemic showed you that because you were doing so good and then all of a sudden it went right back and you need God and you need the Holy Spirit living inside of you. It's a lie of the enemy to think that you can get yourself right and then you come to God. You can't, man. You need God. And he already came to you. In that same book, in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, Scripture says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, confess with your mouth, that's called prayer. Believe in your heart, that's called faith. If you have those two things, Scripture says that you shall be saved. That he fills that God-sized hole inside of you. I don't know how he does it. But man, can I tell you that there's just so much peace that comes with it. Is there problems? Yes, there are problems. But they're different. I, I look at them different. Your life begins to change. Things begin to change when you allow for him to take the driver's seat in your life. Would you do me a favor? Would you close your eyes? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. And we hope that this message met 